Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it's Chris Franklin. We recorded this podcast before the news came out about the Eagles and center Jason Kelsey agreeing to a new contract Friday. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, Kelsey and the Eagles have agreed on a new $9 million contract that can go as high as $12 million worth of incentives. The move means the Veteran Center will be back for another season. We just wanted to give you guys this information to keep you guys updated. And now, our newest episode of the No Huddle Show podcast. Enjoy. Hey, Eagles fans, this is Mike Kay from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. We also do weekly Q&As for an hour-long session and unlimited questions. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the Eagles cap space maneuvering, the Eagles quarterback spot, and, of course, the future at punter. So, Chris, how you doing today? Not bad, man. Not bad at all. I, I wish I had a Howie Roseman in my life restructuring some things around, going around and uh, finding miraculously mo- uh, money out of nowhere. But, yeah, pretty good. How about yourself, man? Yeah, you know, Howie's going into the into the couch cushions kind of right now. Um, <laughs> I'm well. Can't complain. Um, you know, uh, spent the last, you know, I know we, we took the week off from podcasting last week. I was running solo uh, with my little guy as my wife went home to see her family. Um, and that was an experience. Uh, you know, as you know, we, we, we talk about my little guy uh, pretty often on here. Gave him a haircut. Did not do a great job with that. Uh, I will not be switching careers anytime soon. Uh, so you, Wait, you guys are stuck no with me. No supercuts? No yeah, supercuts no. on the side? And maybe we can get a sponsorship. That'd be great. A supercut <laughs> sponsorship where, like, Maybe it's like I cut uh, my kid's hair and then, you know, we we put it on the website and maybe it's just sponsored by Supercuts. I think that'd be, you know, I think that'd ring in the dollars. You, you know, know what I mean? Just, just go, raising yeah. awareness of the need for Supercuts. Yeah. And just go ahead and just say, hey, you know what? If you don't take care of your hair and go to this barbershop, you can end up bald like me. Yeah, it works out. Right. Perfectly. Exactly. Like. <laughs> So basically, I'll tell you this quick story because obviously that's what you're here for. So I'm I'm by myself. I'm trimming my beard, 
and my son walks up behind me and and go and starts touching his hair and starts saying, you know, I want you to like basically like me next, me next. And um when I put it down, he grabbed it and without turning on the buzzer, just, you know, kind of did one of those things where you're like <laughs> and he didn't cut his hair. But it was clear he wanted it. So I was like, all right, cool. His hair's getting long. My wife asked me to actually take him to go get his hair cut. We cut his hair initially during quarantine and did a really good job. So I was like, all right, I can do this. No problem. No sweat. I can do this alone. No, nope, not so much. Uh, <laughs> he thrashed around. He really was in, very impatient. Uh, and now he's got like a weird Herman Munster-esque cut. So... Uh, and then we just found out that his daycare pictures are like in two weeks. Oh no. Yeah. So no. my wife is not very thrilled. Might have to take him to Supercuts uh, <laughs> to fix this, this mess. But anyway, um, much like I'm going to do with, with my son and taking him to Supercuts and trying to fix a bad situation with my kid's hair, Howie Roseman is shaving off cap debt. Oh, you like that? That was a uh, good how, transition. How'd you turn uh, that one? That was good. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I had to pat myself on the back for that one. Kind of came <laughs> organically, too. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, so Howie Roseman's shaving off cap debt. He came into this week with forty-three million, a projected $43 million over the cap uh, this or, or into the week. Yeah, so now he's starting to make moves. Uh, as we reported on Thursday, the Eagles do not plan to issue a restricted tender to punter Cam Johnston, who we'll talk about a little bit later in the program. Um, you know, it, when you're $43 million over the cap, you're not going to pay your punter $2 million because that's what the low-end tenure was gonna, tender was going to be. Um, he also reportedly, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, restructured cornerback Darius Slay's contract uh, which opened up $9.14 million on the salary cap. So now they're roughly around $34 million over. Uh, it's a huge chunk of change. You're basically borrowing from next year um, and potentially future years beyond that uh, to lower Slay's cap numbers. Slay's only 30. He just turned 30 on Ju January 1st. He's still playing well. The Eagles don't have any cornerback depth outside of Slay. So... They kind of had to make this move. Uh, I know there were, were people that were saying that they should trade Darius Slay, but that would cre just create more dead money and you have to replace him. And, you know, just letting the young kids play isn't always the best route to go because then you get into the situation with Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones. But we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, as this, you know, this snowballs, you're going to see a lot of restructuring. It's going to be less releases than you probably thought. Um, we already know that Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are gone. We know that Malik Jackson is likely gone. Um, you know, we, we've talked about Derek Barnett and that decision as well, but you're probably the, the cap relief is going to come more from borrowing from the future, which is not a move that has helped them in the past. It's kind of gotten them into the situation. Who are the guys that you think should be here next year that have bigger contracts that, that you are okay with kind of borrowing from the future to keep them around. I think the one thing, the one move they made when it came to Brandon Graham, I think that was very important that they did that because when you look at, 
at two different fronts. You're going to probably most likely have a very young team coming in the next couple of years with all the different draft picks, undrafted free agents because of the cap situation that they created for themselves. So when you have a guy like Brandon Graham who's going to be sticking around, I think that's huge when it comes to leadership because you want a guy who's, A, won a, a Super Bowl, B, has played at a very long level, C, has also been had his own trials and tribulations early in his career and turned things around because there are there a lot of people calling for him to be cut early in his career. And he showed a guy who turned around, who stuck with it, and who showed that dedication and determination to remain in the league and get better. And he's gotten better over with age. So to have a guy like that to stick around, I think he's a guy that you, this team really needs. And then also when you look at defensive end, besides Josh Sweat, I mean, who do you really – and Derek Barnett still is, is a big question mark. And that leads into the guy I'm not feeling real comfortable with, Derek Barnett, because he has he, your best your best assets, your availability, and he's been hurt a lot. And when he, it's taking him time to go ahead and get reacclimated when he's missed time with injuries, he's not as effective. When he's going right, he's good, but you can't depend on that when it comes to health-wise. So I think that's another position that way. Uh, as you said earlier, I – Alshon Jeffrey's gone, and everybody knows my feelings about him, but it, it was time. He did not – he wasn't worth paying for that as well, too. And then finally, it's it's tough. I think Slay really w- should be here next year, and I'm glad that the Eagles were willing to restructure it because when you look at what this – how many top-level cornerbacks there are, and he did get – don't get me wrong, D.K. Metcalf did give him the business when he came in – when Seattle came in here last year, but – when you look at what they what he gives you and the ability to play press if he needs to and ability to if they I know they're going to play primarily play cover too but a guy that goes ahead and can shut down another team's top guy if you want to go that route he gives you that ability and seeing that the depth on this team at cornerback you look at Vontae Maddox is more of a slot guy not more of an outside guy it, it, you just look at the depth and you just go yeah you kind of need to keep him here and not trade him so. Brandon Graham, I think, is is the linchpin of this whole entire thing when it comes to it. But I think the slight renegotiations will definitely feel comfortable with. We should note that the restructure isn't official for Brandon Graham yet, but they are talking about it. it it's been reported that they were talking about it uh, to follow up on Chris's point. Uh, they will almost definitely restructure Fletcher Cox because that will open up a bananas amount of salary cap space. Remember, they just they don't they can't just get under the cap they need to be able to spend immediately as well so you're 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 looking let's say you're looking at the 34 million dollar cap projection you probably want to open up 50 to 55 million more um like on like you want to open up another 20 million dollars on top of that debt because that way you can sign the draft class you can uh, make some some maneuvers in free agency. Um, maybe fill out the depth chart a little bit. Bring in a, a, a middle linebacker, or bring in a veteran linebacker. Bring in a veteran corner. Maybe bring in um, a cheap rotational defensive lineman uh, and a backup quarterback. Which I think are the four pressure points that you probably want to hit in free agency. Like I don't think they need to be signing a, a wide receiver. They're not going to have enough money to sign somebody like Kenny Galladay or. or uh, Allen Robinson. And unless you're doing that, I don't really see what the benefit is to bring in a veteran wide receiver on a, on a multi-million dollar deal. It just doesn't seem very plausible. It also doesn't seem like it's going to really 
enhance the group. You, you, you obviously have Jalen Rager. You spent a first round pick on, you have Travis Fulgham who has a lot of potential. Uh, Greg Ward's coming back as an exclusive rights free agent. Um, it just like, and then you have the young kids like Quez Watkins and, and John Hightower, who have upside, you might as well just wait till the draft to spend a premium pick on a wide receiver. Because unless you're doing that and you're bringing in like somebody like Rashad Perryman, I, I don't really think you're getting yourself that much better. Um, so I just put out um, a low cost uh, free agent list. So let me let's let me bring that up, um, and we can talk about that a little bit. Um, I think the Eagles need to do a better job of filling out their special teams group and make like a conscious effort to bring in a special teams player or two that, that can make a difference. Uh, they did that under Chip Kelly and it worked very, very well. Uh, Chris Maragos was a staple. Uh, Brian Brahman was a really good special teams player as well. Um, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? The, the former tight end fullback. Uh, now he coaches for the Bengals. Oh, James Casey. You know, so like they had guys that were staples of the special teams unit. And so I brought up bringing in Samaji Pirine, who uh, played under new running backs coach slash assistant head coach uh, Jamal Singleton in Cincinnati. Had a, a really strong year on offense as a short yardage back, but He's been a staple of special teams for a really long time. Uh, Julian Davenport um, from the Dolphins, he, he was in that famous uh, Laramie Tunsil trade with the Texans a while back. He's more of a swing tackle. I think when you talk about uh, the Jordan Melata andre Dillard battle, it makes sense to have a veteran behind both those guys in case you do decide to trade one of the losers of that battle or – you move them to another position. I just think they've gotten into a lot of issues with injury and inexperience. And um, Davenport is a buy low, you know, one year deal who can come in. He's got experience grayed out well in limited snaps with the Dolphins last year. I think you bring him in and he's got upside, let him compete. Uh, Demarcus Walker. uh, People remember Darren Howard uh, from his time in Philadelphia. He's got a similar skill set can rush from inside and outside kind of a weird body type six four two eighty, Um, but I like him. I think you could sign him to a one-year prove it deal, like roughly 2 million. And I think he can really deliver for you. Alex Anzalone um, was a standout at the senior bowl when I was there um, in 2017. Feels like it was a hundred years ago. Um, he's a guy I like pairing with Alex Singleton as a weak side linebacker. And then Michael Davis, Michael Davis is like a guy who's like under the radar. He started the last two years on the outside for the Chargers. Um, Shane Steichen, the Eagles offensive coordinator, coached against him in training camp for the past four years. Low cost guy, not really on the radar. Uh, I like him pairing with with Darius Slay on a two year deal, um, and then you can draft a guy in the first or second round at corner to develop behind those two guys. So, what do you think of that list, Chris? Well, it's funny you mentioned Anzalone, and, uh, and it's it's funny that because uh, last week I had that uh, I had him as one of the linebacker options the Eagles should really look at as affordable. I think what he brings, especially with his athleticism and his speed, I really like the way, and I can see, especially with the way uh, 
if if Jonathan Gannon does go the way of of the Colts and Mike Eberflus and, and, and having their most athletic guy play the will or, or the weak side, he makes a lot of sense. And I think he and I think he's also going to be good in coverage as well too, especially if they're going to go back to this cover two scheme a lot and pass things. And and the Eagles don't have that many athletic uh, linebackers on on their roster as of right now that that have experience because we've heard Davion Taylor he's got this. He's just, freakish athlete but he's still pretty raw so i really like the anzalone pick but getting back to what you mentioned to having a lot of special teams guys like focusing on that i think that's where you have michael clay's jobs going to come come in really handy because when you look at other teams around the league such as like the miami dolphins the the baltimore ravens especially the new england patriots teams that have been successful as of late they've been able to go ahead and take the young talent that they drafted and the undrafted free agent talent and go ahead and develop them through special teams, be able contributors. And I think we, if you go ahead, and that's going to come, that's going. To, I think this job's going to really fall on the young guys they pick in this upcoming draft. Because if you go ahead and get athletic guys, or even guys from last year, like a Sean, like Sean Bradley, if you go ahead and add these guys and, and you coach them up to this level, you I think you can go ahead. Don't have to go out and spend the money that you have to in order to go ahead and bring these free agents in. But you can go ahead and develop them to be good cover guys especially on the kick and punt coverage teams. And then not only that, the more experience they get on that and more, get used to the speed of the game, form tackling everything else, maybe they become uh, contributors into the defense, more, more are able to contribute more on defense. So I think that's more of a avenue I would go, especially when it comes to special teams. I go to the avenue of, hey, go target the guys that have, that have proven that they can go ahead and, and, and they're athletic enough. A lot of special teams is just when it comes down to is you, do you want to have a determination and you have the will to actually do it? Because some of these guys have never done it before because they've usually been the best players on their teams and they just go, all right, I don't have to play it. Well, And then they have to adjust getting to it. So it's a, I think especially when it comes to the special teams, it's going to be a desire thing, but mostly it's going to be if they're able to target a lot of these young guys that are able to go ahead and, and contribute to those things. And, and that's where I think the scouting staff department can play a big role in giving Clay piece, and pardon the pun, but giving Clay pieces to go ahead and mold when it comes to that and getting these guys to go out there and cover kicks and, and block on kick returns. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's transition over. We're, we're talking free agency. Obviously, quarterback is the straw that stirs the drink here in Philadelphia. A lot of people think that Jalen Hurts can be upgraded. A lot of folks want to see Jalen Hurts get a full year to, to basically try out as the starter. Uh, for that group, their thought process is sign a veteran free agent to back him up and, and compete and mentor him and push him. Um, if that were the case, if the Eagles wanted to move forward with Jalen Hurts, who's the veteran quarterback that's available that you think would be the right fit to mentor slash compete slash serve as insurance for Jalen Hurts? That's tough. There's two that comes to mind. If I had to choose to one, I'll, I'll give you one A. One A to me, I like Joe Flacco. And the reason why I like Joe Flacco is – Local guy that comes from Autobahn, he played relatively well when he was with the Jets last year. I mean, he threw 864 yards, th- six touchdowns, and three interceptions. I mean, for a guy who came in and, and filled in for Sam Darnold for a few games, I thought he looked all right. He's an older guy. He's seen a lot. He, he's won a Super Bowl as well, too. And he can give Hertz that veteran presence to go ahead and uh, be that sounding board to go ahead and say, hey, you know what? I've, I've been in a league for a long time. I've seen this. This is and this is how you conduct yourself. I'm completely cool with Joe Flacco. I know he had the the issues with the neck, but I think he would come in here. I think he would be able to contribute. He's already contributes in the community a lot. He's 
he's helped out a, co- a couple of local charities as well too. I know that for a fact. And I think Flacco would be a good fit with, and I'm going to throw in the one B and Alex Smith. I think he would be a good option, but Flacco, I think overall be more affordable. And I think he, he'd help out in more aspects than uh, Smith would. How about you? So uh, you bring up Smith. Smith was just released by Washington or was told by Washington that he will not be back. Um, but and he's also got a relationship with Brian Johnson, the quarterback's coach. He, Johnson was his backup at Utah, eventually took over for him, became a Sugar Bowl MVP, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm going to say Tyrod Taylor, okay? Um, the Eagles wanted Tyrod Taylor in 2019. Really bad, too. They wanted him to be the backup to Carson Wentz. Uh, he took more money with the Chargers, eventually got to play a little, Obviously had the um, medical incident last year and then Justin Herbert took off. I think Tyrod Taylor knows where he's at in his career now. He knows that he's going to be a backup. Um, Look, I I watched Tyrod Taylor take a Bills team who hadn't been to the playoffs in 20 years um, and have a miraculous season. The guy can play um, when called upon. I just don't think he's a starter at this point. I think – I think he's got a similar temperament based on who uh, former teammates that I've spoken with to Jalen hurts, very quiet, but very direct. Uh, I also think he would help you keep the offense intact. If you're going to build an offense around Jalen hurts and plan to play to his strengths, Tyrod Taylor has very similar strengths, both very mobile guys, both can throw down field, but are they're not known for their arm talent. Um, I, I think that that's the right move, uh, especially if you're going to run a lot of read options, if you're going to, you know, run a lot of bootlegs. I think Tyrod Taylor would be an ideal backup for him. I also think he would be a really good presence as far as a mentor, as far as competition. He's not a guy who's just going to sit there and be a backup, but he'll be happy with that role. I think similar to Nick Foles, he's going to want to compete. But he's also going to want to do what's best for the team, and I think he'll have immediate respect for the locker room, especially a young locker room. Uh, given his travels, uh, he's been to the playoffs. He's, you know, played very well when called upon. Um, I, I think that's the ideal move. Um, but look, the Eagles will have options, and obviously, they've got to feel good about where they're at in the draft. They have to, you know worry i don't know how much tape study you've done uh i'll be honest i've i'm very early in my tape study just because of the coaching hires and everything like that back when i was a a draft analyst i would start you know right after thanksgiving uh now it's it's kind of starting this past week so um i've watched zach wilson i've watched uh justin fields trevor lawrence is not going to be there i've obviously watched trevor lawrence i haven't gotten into the Trey Lance tape, uh, he obviously only played in one game last year, but you'd, you'd probably want to watch 2019 anyway. Um, so what I'll say about Zach Wilson, I like Zach Wilson a lot. Um, I like Justin Fields a lot too. Justin Fields kind of reminds me of Don McNabb a little bit. But I don't know if either one of those guys has the potential to be a top 10 quarterback in the league within the next three years. And so my thought process on drafting a quarterback in this draft is if you're going to draft a quarterback at six, it can't just be to upgrade Jalen Hurts. It's got to be to have a a potential top 10, top 12 quarterback in the league. 
that should be the goal. It shouldn't be, hey, we want to get a guy better than Jalen Hurts. It should be, hey, we want to get a guy who can be a monumental talent in this league. And so you have to feel like that guy is going to be a monumental talent. And I don't know if you feel that way if if the guy's falling to six. Um, I don't think they really have the guns to, to trade up. Um, they were smart in getting that 2022 first uh, or second round pick that can become a first round pick. Um because remember, the combine isn't here. We're going to have to rely solely on pro days for our scouting, uh, you know, overtures um, as outside observers. So, look, it's going to be tougher to get information because scouts haven't been able to be on campus as much um, without the combine. If, if guys have medical issues or character issues, it's harder to talk to guys. And trust me, it's easier to fib and get away with stuff in a zoom meeting than a face-to-face meeting um so that would be my concern in taking a quarterback this year um what do you think chris yeah well when because i saw i saw i've seen a little bit of zach wilson as well so many other and so many other top guys well too zach wilson reminds me a lot of baker a, a bigger baker mayfield to me and and the problem i have and i know this is it is brought up a lot and people say it doesn't matter that but his level of competition as well too i mean especially when he does all these highlight things where he turns his back and he, and he's able to go ahead and spin away and turns back. I saw one play where he like just like spun around like twice on one play. I still can't believe that that defense do it, but that's what you get when you play like the, the lower level levels of the uh, non-autonomous five teams. But when I look at him, he, you can't do that in the NFL. And I mean, I'll give him credit. He's able to go ahead and lock back onto his receivers downfield when he's able to make plays like that. But I just have so many questions. And Fields, I think, to me, I know everybody says Wilson's the number two quarterback. To me, I think Fields is the number two quarterback by way of what he's been able to do as well, too, against better competition. So I have Fields on two. But like everything else, you have to compare and go and look and say, hey, you know what? If Jalen Hurts was in this draft class right now, where would he rank? And I would still rank Jalen Hurts above everybody except for Trevor Lawrence, maybe. Except for Trevor Lawrence. Not maybe that, but except for Trevor Lawrence. So when you weigh those two together, I think you need to go ahead. You, you, you just bypass that. If you want to take a developmental quarterback with a seventh round pick, sixth round pick, or sign one as an undrafted free agent, fine. Go ahead and do that. Maybe the guy develops to something that you can trade him later on for a second or third round pick in the future. That's cool. But given what they have right now, given what's available right now, it's not worth it. And I, I wouldn't even take Trask in the second round. It's, it's a lot, it's, this, this class is just not, is nothing. There's nobody in this draft class that the Eagles will have at number six will be will be worth it. And you're right, they don't have the ammo. They have too many needs to even try to trade up to go ahead and get to the number two spot, which I wouldn't do anyway with it for these guys. So just focus. They just worry about right now. Just worry about getting the best players possible at positions of needs to go ahead and try to see what Hurts can do this next upcoming season. If not, then you have like the most likely, like you said, the first round was going to be a first round pick next year. They couple that the Colts pick with the with the pick they have next year and try to move up if that's something they want to do for a quarterback. But right now, just worry about getting filling the other positions and, and quarterback takes a back burner. Yeah, I think. Look, I, I think I've said this several times before. I think they need to do a better job of establishing the offense around the quarterback. I also think they need to do a better job building up the defense. And with the new regime, now's the time to do it. Um, we've seen a lot of uh, regimes come in and and deal with what they've been given 
at quarterback. And then the next year they draft the guy once they've set their system in place and they've built around the quarterback position. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at. Um, let's talk about the punter position. Okay. Uh, Cam Johnson started off pretty hot last year, kind of careened off a cliff, uh, later on. Um, I actually think it's the right move to not tender him. What do you think? Well, I think so. I think I think it's right not to tender him, but I think they need to go ahead and, and keep that door open because of two options. There's two reasons. Oh, not two, options, two reasons why. A. Aaron Sippos. I mean, I mean, they, they first off, they sure love their Australian punters. They, they just love to go ahead and find these guys from to bring them in from Australia. But he he hasn't he had he hasn't shown in the NFL that he's able to do it consistently in 28. Why isn't he being picked up? You know, so I'm, I got my questions on that. And two, it's a small thing, but he's been the holder for the past couple seasons for Jake Elliott. And a lot of these kickers, kickers are tough. They're like relief pitchers. You know, they have the routines. They want to go ahead. They might make sure the mechanics are down. They get it set up. They want the ball the right way. And it, it becomes muscle memory after a while. And, when you get so used to a guy that's been holding you for a while, and then now you have to shift over to somebody else, I think that's another thing that you have to take into account as well, too. So I think it's the right thing to go ahead and not tender him, but I would seriously consider bringing him back if if Johnson's willing to take a considerably less number. I mean, would you bring him back for for a lower for a lower uh, contract value? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know. A one-year deal at $1.6 million makes a lot of sense, for instance. Um, and I do think the Eagles will be interested in re-signing him once they see how the punter market sets. It's just it's not reasonable to put $2 million, or sink $2 million into a punter before the start of the new league year. And look, the Eagles have to find ways to cut costs. And um, obviously Carson Wentz being a dead money pit right now and with the trade and uh, the Eagles looking to restructure a bunch of contracts. They can't just take on more debt. Um, that's not advantageous to them. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. Um, let's close out with this because we're getting down to the wire here with Derek Barnett. Um, I've seen a lot of people suggest that they could trade Derek Barnett. The problem with that is that you'd have to take $10 million that he has into the new league year. So that means you have to cut an additional $10 million uh, to get under the cap. Um, And I don't know where that $10 million is coming from, unless you're restructuring a bunch of contracts and opening up all this space. It's still plausible. You can still trade Derek Barnett. I don't know what you're going to get for him. A team's probably going to have to agree to a contract restructure. Um, But let's play a game of cut, trade, Resign with Derek Barnett. Where are you at in those three categories? <laughs> Never played this game. Played another yeah. version of that, but yeah, I can see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I at this point, you might as well see what you have. You might as well go another year with him. I probably I'd restructure. I, I'd try to see if he's willing to restructure. Because the reason why is you, when you look when the way th- this defenses are built now are built, primarily built around the outside looking in and edge cor- with with edge corner edge and quarterback cornerback and it's not you can't really find guys with his potential skill set and i say potential because his availability that's the main i said earlier 
in this podcast, like his availability is the biggest question for me. If he's able to go ahead and stay healthy, he can be a decent contributor. But we've been saying this now for four seasons. And you gotta, it has to come to a point. I don't know if he needs to go ahead and look at his, his regiment. I don't know if he needs to look at the way he's working, working out, whatever it is. He has to find and pinpoint the reason why he's not able to stay on his field. And if he's able to ever do that, I think he can be sort of like Brandon Graham, where he goes ahead, he struggles. He, I say struggle. Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't say struggle, but he he hasn't lived up to potential when he was selected and when he was drafted by the Eagles. But then over time, he started to get, put thing two and two together, and he became a a really good defensive end. And it's possible he can do that, but he has to find out find a way to remain on that field. That's the big thing. His availability is the biggest thing with me. And if he's able to go ahead and figure that out, then hey, the Eagles can go ahead and think about uh, restructuring, maybe even extending him long term. But that's that's the biggest worry for me. I mean, what are you doing? I'm going to, I'm going to extend him. Um, I just don't think the Eagles should be in the business of getting rid of young homegrown talent that does have some upside. Uh, remember he's only 24. Um, look, the injuries do worry you, but right now you can extend him in a way that he'd actually be cheap. He'd probably be on the lower end of the middle market for defensive ends based on his production Maybe you use that as leverage because I don't know where he's seeing $10 million anywhere else on the free agent market. Uh, Another team that doesn't know him as well is almost certainly going to ask him to take significantly less. Um, And you provide him with some long-term security, give him a three-year extension um, worth maybe around 30 million, a three-year $30 million deal. Um, But you only, but you're dropping down his cap number and you're making it backloaded, uh, I think is the right way to go. Um, I don't know what you'd really get for him in a trade. Is it worth trading him for a fourth round pick? Uh, because the opposing team's going to have to not only trade for him, but they're going to have to sign him to an extension and give him money. So um, again, I don't know what his value is on the open market, um, but I'm going to extend him and keep him around. I just think it's the right move. Um, So with that said, as my voice cracked weirdly, um, I sound like a cartoon. (laughs) Um, Excuse me. Uh, Remember to sign up for Eagles Extra. You can do that at nj.com slash text. We're doing weekly Q&As, hour long, as many questions as you want. Sign up for two weeks free. We have a lot of fun time. You also get breaking news in-depth analysis and much more um remember to sign or or excuse me uh subscribe to the no huddle show podcast wherever podcasts are available for chris i'm mike we'll talk to you soon